0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. This week is going to be a bit different and quite a bit shorter than most of my episodes. There really is no way to prepare for the week that our family has had. And due to that, I put my family first and had to make some adjustments. Take a listen. Are you ready? Let's do this. I can confidently say that this week has been the most emotional week that DeWayne and I have spent together. Our sister and sister-in-law-to-be's preliminary exam for her murder is currently in session. So far, we have been watching the exam eight hours each day and finding out information we never thought we'd hear. I will give you an extremely detailed summary of the entire exam in next week's episode published on April 1st, 2021. We cannot thank you enough for all of your kind words, thoughts, and prayers for our family during this very difficult time. This is what we have been fighting our asses off for. This is what we have been marching and protesting for. This is what we never gave up on, and this is why we couldn't stop and we didn't stop being warriors. Thank you to the entire community of warriors for not stopping the fight for Egypt. We will forever be grateful for each and every one of you. We realize our fight isn't over yet. We still need convictions. But this week was big. You guys, I can't wait to hug Mama Sue when we get to this point in Tanner's case. Michelle, Jeff, and Jameson, we will do this. I was overambitious thinking that I would be able to pull together a full episode this week. The last thing I wanted to do was for Michelle to feel like I was dropping the ball on her baby's story. There is no case that is more important than another. Losing a child is unfathomable to me. Tanner is just as important as Egypt and every other family that we will be helping to get the justice they deserve. On Tuesday, March 23rd, I got the most needed text message from Michelle Barton, Tanner's mother. She said to me, Hi, sweetie. Hey, I know this week is tough. We can postpone and let you take a breather and concentrate on Egypt. You guys, I read that. I cried like a baby and I breathed. Thank you for your understanding and kindness, Michelle. Your turn will come when I take a breather from another loved one's case to concentrate on Tanner. I promise you. Our fight for Tanner has not stopped during this time. I just need more time to organize my thoughts and did not want to publish an episode that didn't have my full attention. In the meantime, I want to update you on a few things with Tanner's case. We still have not received any of the documents that were requested via the Freedom of Information Act. As of the day of this recording, it has been 26 days since we requested the 911 call and the training, litigation, discipline records for Greg Hargrove. 26 fucking days and listen to this howard county sheriff's office had the audacity to charge me for the 911 call you guys van buren township didn't even charge me for that this call should have been part of the case files that the barton family received when they closed tanner's case You guys, I sent them check number 1048 12 days ago. Debbie Everling from Howard County Sheriff's Office confirmed receipt of my check. I asked for tracking information on the CD they were sending me. Shocker, I've received nothing. First of all... (laughs) The 90s called, and they want their CD back. What the hell? Whatever. I guess I'll take it however I can get it. Just be grateful, Lindsay. Second of all, what if this happened to you? What if the police department that was investigating your child's highly suspicious death treated you this way? What's the delay, Howard County? Is there something in the 911 call that you don't want us to hear? Those of you in Howard County, Indiana, these are the same officers that would be investigating your case if something was to happen to you or a loved one. Think about that. We are 26 days out from two of the Freedom of Information Act requests, and we are also 13 days out from my request for the EMS report, which also should have been in the case files when they closed Tanner's case. I'm sure I'll be charged for that one too. You guys, it's insane what grieving families have to go through. We did not ask for Egypt to get murdered. The Bartons did not ask for their son to die at a friend's house under highly suspicious circumstances. Who in their right mind would charge for information that we are entitled to? This is exactly why so many grieving families halt their fight. Think about it. We have to pay for a funeral, a celebration of life, a burial, cremation, a casket, a PI if needed. And now we have to pay for documents that we wish we never even had to ask for. We don't want to ask for these documents. We have to ask for these documents because you didn't do your job, in my opinion. We want our loved ones here. We want them alive and with us. We want to hug and kiss them. We don't want to ask for documents regarding their death. Why is it so hard for grieving families to get information that we never wanted in the first place. (sighs) Sorry, you guys. I'm clearly fired up this week. One more thing that I'd like to address this week. Just prior to me publishing the first episode featuring Tanner Barton, 16 other podcasters that have featured his tragic story were threatened that's their words, with lawsuits if they kept their episodes live. Here is the email sent to them in part. Quote, We know that you will understand that we too have an ethical and legal obligation to protect or, that's a typo, brands, companies, nonprofits, and our professional and personal reputations we believe you do as well. A solid step in this endeavor is to repudiate yourself from Michelle Barton and quotes of her on your show, End quote. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not at all. Laura, Lee, Tricia, Cheryl, and Levi. It's nice that you claim to have ethical and legal obligations to protect your brands, companies, nonprofits, and your professional and personal reputations, which that right there is laughable to me, but where is your ethical and legal obligations to the grieving families that you fuck with, in my opinion? A solid step in this endeavor is to repudiate yourself from your brands, companies, nonprofits, and to not worry about your professional and personal reputations because you already ruined those all on your own, in my opinion. These mean girls and one guy go on to say, quote, Several notable true crime figures have removed all content regarding the case of Tanner Barton because of the false, misleading, or defamatory statements made by his mother, Michelle Barton, end quote. You guys, these people went on to state some provable facts. quote: 911 was called before Todd Cooney and quote. I would love to see that proof. Hey, you guys, I have a quote for you. On May 13, 2014, Todd fucking Cooney stated himself, quote, She, Carol Linskoog, called me around 8.30 a.m. in a panic, saying Tanner was dead and they didn't know his parents' phone number to reach them. End quote. Hey, dipshits, 911 was called at 9.24 a.m. According to my calculations, that around 8.30 time is before 9.24 a.m. Another provable fact, quote, Cheryl McCollum was granted a protective order against Michelle Barton that included protection for Dr. Laura Petler, CCIRI, and Lee Egan, who were also named in the order. End quote. Hey, here's a refresher, Laura, Cheryl, and Lee. This alleged protective order was signed by your buddy, Alex Manning. That's not how this court stuff works. Nice try, bitches. Next provable fact, quote, None of us ever stalked, harassed, or hacked Michelle Barton, end quote. Something I find very interesting with this one is that this is the only fact in which they spell Michelle's name incorrectly. Is that a purposeful move? Did you spell it incorrectly to cover your ass because you haven't stalked, harassed, or hacked Michelle with two L's, but you just might have stalked, harassed, and hacked Michelle with one L? Just curious. Next provable fact. Quote, Michelle Barton was told ketamine was tested for and is it was, typo, negative by the Howard County coroner, end quote. Really? I'd love to see the proof that Michelle was told that information. You guys, there are more, quote, facts that they put in the email, but they are so outlandish, in my opinion, that I'm not even going to waste your time. It's literally stupid shit like, Trisha Griffin never posted anything negative. And Michelle was served by law enforcement officers. And we didn't plant evidence in Tanner's case. <sighs> they finished the email to podcasters. That was never sent to me, though, with, quote, "If you would like to speak with us regarding this matter, we are happy to schedule a recorded Zoom video call with our attorneys present. We ask that you respond to this request within five days. If the podcast episode in question is removed, we will be grateful and satisfied. If you refuse to remove the false, misleading, or defamatory content, then we will proceed with formal legal action. Respectfully, Lee Egan, Trisha Griffin, Cheryl McCollum, Levi Page, and Doctor Laura Petler. End quote. Hey, guess what, Lee. Trisha, Cheryl, Levi, and Laura. The podcaster James Harrison responded to you within the five days and you still have not replied. Why? What's going on? He wants proof, just as I would if you sent this bullying, in my opinion, email to me. You said you have proof, then fucking show it. I've asked Laura Petler and Cheryl McCollum to talk with me. I have even asked them to be guests on my podcast. I don't give a shit if you have your lawyers attend or not. I will tell you this. I do not have a lawyer because I'm telling the truth and I have proof. On March 21st, 2021, I emailed the podcasters and journalists that received this email the following information. I do have to say that I couldn't find email addresses for every podcaster. Quote, My name is Lindsay Ann and I am featuring Tanner Barton on my podcast. I have published seven episodes in his series so far and I am wondering one Why did you take down your episode featuring him? Two, would you like to comment on his story? I will be talking a bit about you and wanted to give you the opportunity to comment. End quote. Here are the responses I received prior to this recording. Podcaster number one, quote, I don't want to go much into it, but I was basically threatened with a lawsuit if I didn't remove it. End quote. Podcaster number two. Thanks for reaching out. I had to pull the episode because I was being threatened with legal action. Since my podcast is not a corporation or part of any larger entity, I am personally liable for any damages that may arise from possible litigation. I also do not have the funds to conduct a legal battle as I am personally funding my show's production. I cannot afford to hire a lawyer. This puts my family in danger of losing everything and we don't have very much to begin with. I couldn't jeopardize my family or my own fight for justice for my brother. It pained me greatly to take the episode down. I have been thinking about ways I can recreate and upload the episode that would not put me at risk for a lawsuit. Tanner's story is tragic and I am hoping that the elected officials in Indiana will change their mind and do the right thing to help bring justice to Tanner and his family. Podcaster number three. Quote, We devoted around eight months working with Michelle. Michelle. Our situation was different than the other shows that have pulled the episodes on Tanner as we were covering his case during the open investigation. Not only that, but our show was receiving a lot of media attention, and we tried to use that time to highlight Tanner's case. After our morning show appearance and the comment was made about Tanner's phone, everything went sideways. Other broadcasters were receiving cease and desist letters, and we realized we were in over our heads. With good intentions, we attempted to help bring answers to the Barton family, but realized in the end we do not have the experience to get involved in cases, only to report on them. We did our best to address the adverse results of covering Tanner's case in the statement years ago. When we pulled the episodes with compassion and humility, we continue to feel sorrow for the Barton's loss and wish peace and healing for everyone, end quote. Podcaster number four. We privatized Tanner's episode so we could consult with a lawyer about next steps to take involving Tanner's case. It's been quite the process, as every single step is costly attorneys, accountants, filing fees, insurance, etc. Which is the perfect way to make sure that shows take down their episodes. It's one thing to know you can win a suit but it's another to pay someone to prove it. Podcasts are free, and most podcasters make nothing from their work or just enough to pay their hosting fees or upgrade their mics, etc. Just look at everything Michelle experienced while trying to go through the courts and protect herself. Imagine if she would have had access to decent legal representation and how much different that would have played out. There's so much more we have learned, One of them was that in Georgia, as an example, you have to demand retraction first in order to seek punitive damages later, making it step one in the process for Georgia-based cases, which cleared a lot of things up for us. It was less about, we want to maintain a relationship with podcasters, and more, this is part of Georgia's legal process and we have to do it to move forward. Also in Georgia specifically, there is precedent for them to sue out of state in internet related cases, meaning they wouldn't have to abide by Michigan's criteria to sue. They would only need to meet the criteria in Georgia. Hopefully I've answered well enough to give you an idea. As far as comments we privatized to make sure our families are protected and not at all because we weren't concerned about the facts of tanner's case end quote so there you have it according to dictionary.com a bully is quote a blustering mean or predatory person who, from a perceived position of relative power, intimidates, abuses, harasses, or coerces people, especially those considered unlikely to defend themselves. End quote. Sounds like some people I've heard of that names rhymed with Shmi, Shmisha, Schmeryl, Shmevi and Shmora. Next week, I will go over our three days in court with three of the assholes allegedly involved in murdering my sister-in-law-to-be, Egypt Covington. Please, you guys, please do not forget to hug and hold your loved ones close. You never know what the day or night will bring. Something completely out of your control or even their control may happen. Believe me when I say you could be killed because someone showed up at the wrong door.
1: Jacqueline Elizabeth Egypt Covington We love you, we cherish you, and we miss you terribly. It is absolutely disgusting, you guys, what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your innocent child? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? No! We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. Please take a listen to this beautiful song featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We all miss you so much. Thank you guys so much for all of your messages, your words, your love, your thoughts, and your prayers. We feel, we hear, we read all of them. I promise you, and we appreciate you.
0: You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. Please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information, where Dwayne and I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the rights to use the song Where'd You Go featuring our loved Egypt Covington. We appreciate you. Can't wait for next week, you guys. You may need to scream at the top of your lungs. Because while you think he died at too young an age, it really was his time. There's no reason for rage. He's in a better place now, away from the pain and the stress and the hate and the hurt and the strain. The best way to honor him and his legacy is to live how he did and not question nature. I miss you so. Go, I gave her a hug And told her I missed her And to stay in touch She says sure thing But little did I know Those would be the last words Coming from her throat That I would hear Prior to her death I'd give anything to hear Just half her breath Just give me an hour Or even five minutes To hold her once more Just one last visit I wanna let her know It'll all be okay Or maybe she already is And there's no need to say Where'd you go? i miss. you.